0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It's Thursday, August 19th, and we continue what we are affectionately calling Nerd Week. Our good friend, R.J. White, to look at the AFC-NFC South on this episode. R.J., what's up, dude? Not much. How are you doing, well? Do you like being called a nerd? I'm used to it at this point.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I like being called I, I, I like being a nerd.
0: Uh, I wish I yeah, was yeah, if, you to, if
1: you go to Sportsline and look at my expert, you know, profile page, the uh, the handle underneath it says Superstat geek. So I'm more used to geek than nerd at this point. Mm,
0: I feel like geek is a little more pejorative than nerd. Or maybe it's yeah. the other way around. Either anyway. way. Yeah. Uh, anyway, there are four divisions already in the feed with the PFF guys. Go check those out. We'll have more analytics talk throughout the week. Let's dive into the AFC South. Uh, I guess you cause call this fascinating division. And talk some win titles. The Titans lead the way now at nine and a half. Um, the Titans are also the favorite to win the division at minus somewhere between one twenty-five and one forty. I think. Um, any? Uh, I mean, is it? I don't. I don't think the you would want to bet on the Titans right now if you were going to bet on them to win the division. You need to do it before the Carson Wentz injury or after we find out that Carson Wentz is coming back in Week One, right?
1: Yeah, ideally, you would have taken them at plus odds to win the division, you know, a a month or two ago. And um, then you can come back and take the Colts now, and you're not going to have the Jaguars or Texans mess you up. So you're going to you're going to win that either way if you can get plus money on both of them. So now the play, if you can find it, is to take the Colts at plus 140, plus 130. I've seen seen it around those those areas, and expecting mm-hmm. that if we continue to get positive news on Carson Wentz, Quentin Nelson, that uh, you are going to be able to get the Titans at plus money at that point.
0: Yeah, I would anticipate. It sounds like they still don't know exactly how it's going to play out, but. Um, uh, and we'll talk about the, the Colts in a second, but it does, it, it has sounded increasingly optimistic about Carson Wentz coming back and playing in by week one. Although I think that I also saw where, you know, if they don't know, you know, they still have to figure out if um, they actually, in fact, uh, it looks like the odds for this division are down at, at, uh, at Caesars, which is interesting. Um, it, it does. I think, Basically, the Colts are saying we need. We we'll, we won't know for another week if Carson Wentz is going to be able to play Week One. But it does seem to be trending in the right direction, and apparently, he's been out there with the uh, with with the coaches and everything. But back to the Titans. I mean, this team is pretty consistent, right? I mean, nine wins, three straight years. Mike Vrabel, a, a, I think, an above-average coach, an underrated coach, maybe even. And we know what they're going to do now. They lost Arthur Smith to the Falcons, but. They still have their bread and butter, which is Derrick Henry and a really good offensive line. Plus, uh, Ryan Tannehill, who's essentially morphed into a top-10 quarterback at this point, um, would you want to mess with their uh, over-under here, RJ? Yeah, I have full
1: confidence in the offense. Number two in points per drive last year, Tannehill had another big season. I think he's the key ingredient here, not Arthur Smith, who obviously was a big you know, proponent of that offense taking a step forward in recent years. But if you have Tannehill, Henry, Jones, and Brown, I think you're pretty good uh, you know, baseline there to go off of. Uh, defense has to be better, though. They were worse than the NFL on third downs last year, 30th in red zone percentage. Uh, but they made that a focus of the offseason. They added Bud Dupree to help the pass rush cornerback was a key area improvement. They got Janoris Jenkins, Caleb Farley on the board. And then uh, with Kristen Fulton getting more chance to contribute this year, I think he played six games last year. Um, So that'll be big too. You get improved cornerback play. That's going to help Kevin Byard uh, give him a chance to bounce back. He was kind of a down year for him. We know how good he can be at the top of his game. Um, So you get those guys working together and you get um, a better performance from the secondary Then I think that um, it's going to be a big season for them.
0: Yeah. It's a, um, it's a defense that, Really, has struggled to, you know, to to do much of anything ever since Dean Pease departed, and he, you know, his whole thing, and he's now with Atlanta. His whole thing was manufacturing, a you know, pat, a rush, like pass rush, without actually having the ability to you know, the guys out there, and so you do sort of wonder if they, if they can figure out a way to get the defense. If they, if they figure out the defense, this is a Super Bowl contender, right? Yeah,
1: you got to figure that uh 30 to 1 thing, 30 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. That if they have the the defense coming together, they have a chance to make a run. That's obviously a very tough tough uh conference. You know, you have to get by the Chiefs first and foremost, and the Bills look better last year. Ravens should still be solid. So, there might be some value with with them playing them to to win the Super Bowl at 30 to 1, but I think that's going to be tough either way.
0: Yeah, it's uh it, it's an uphill battle. I, I again, we do like him to win the division. Um assuming that Carson Wentz is is, is going to miss time. And I would play the over on this Titans win total. But I also think you would probably get better juice if you find out that Wentz is back. Again, It sort of goes back to the don't bet on, you don't want to bet on Tennessee. Tennessee is at the apex of their value, right? I mean, that's, and now is not the time to bet them, as you pointed out.
1: Yeah. I, yeah. They are at the apex the of their value. I would take the over either way though. Um, I think I liked it already. I think they were going to win 11 games or so when, uh, but when we knew Carson once was healthy, if Car- they, if he misses one of their matches, maybe they win 12, you know, so, so we'll see uh, if that makes a big difference, but I would take them either way. Just expecting, like you said, the coaching staff is pretty good. Um, Do- even with Arthur Smith gone and uh, we expect that defense to make an improvement.
0: Do you feel like the, the, 17th game is properly accounted for? Do, do you think the books know how to, I mean, obviously you, know, you can prorate it out and everything, but it feels, it's just, it feels difficult for anybody to sort of figure out these, how that's going to work relative to the win totals. Yeah. I mean, you have to take
1: into account which conference is going to be the, the road team and which is going to be the, the home team. I mean, there, there's always too many wins baked into the totals. First and foremost, every every year, you know, I track that before I make my picks. You expect now that we have seventeen games that the average win total should be eight and a half. It's eight point seven right now. So you're you're just adding <laughs> extra wins there. If you take overs, you're you're making things a little bit more difficult in yourself. So you re- got to really believe in the teams to take over. So I think if you're on the fence of something, you're probably it's probably a stay away. But if you're on the fence of a uh, under, I'm more likely to play that than I am an over.
0: Okay, right on. Uh, to the Colts. The Indianapolis Colts, of course, traded for Carson Wentz this offseason. And then he probably suffered the exact same foot injury that their all pro guard. Quentin Nelson suffered. It's very bizarre how that worked out. And I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, look, if Carson Wentz comes back and plays week one, then I'm a little more concerned about fading the Colts. I wish I'd actually wish I'd strengthened my fade position of the Colts more before the Wentz injury was announced, because I don't I don't really I like Frank Reich. I like a lot of players on their defense. I think Matt Deberfluss has done a really good job coaching them up on that side of the ball. Um, big Mike Pittman fan love Jonathan Taylor, but I, I just not a Carson Wentz fan and I'm not willing to believe that Frank Reich is going to magically change everything around for him after that disaster season last year.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's gonna be magic, but I think Frank Reich knows how to get the most out of him. So if there's any any situation where Carson Wentz is gonna have a chance to to improve and and get back to the level he was, you know, a few years ago when he was in the MVP conversation, it's got to be with Frank Reich. And the good news is he's not gonna have a ton of pressure on him to carry the team. Rivers had just two 300 yards passing games last year. You know, the run game leveled up late in the season. We saw Jonathan Taylor break out in fantasy leagues. So I think the rehab for Nelson might be a bigger deal. If Nelson is effective in week one, week two, early in the season, that run game can dominate, and then it just comes down to the defense. And the worry is whether they have enough pass rusher after losing uh you know Justin Houston to Nico Autry, that's 15 and a half sacks that I don't think is going to be replaced by the rookies and and the people they brought in. But uh, you know, from week six on, starting with that Houston game, I see at least eight wins on the schedule. So as long as they don't start 0 and 5, I think go, the number of nine, which you can find in some places right now, would be a push at worst. And maybe you can find some eight and a halfs too, depending on how these this news on wins uh you know plays out. And uh, you know, as long as he's back and healthy by week six, I think eight wins are on the schedule. So just find a win somewhere and you're going to get to nine. Interesting.
0: Yeah. Uh, they, I mean, they could start 0-5 though. <laughs> like that's not off the table if even with car even with Carson Wins healthy. I mean they they're Seahawks, Rams at home. Seahawks at home, Rams at home at Titans, at Dolphins, at Ravens. That's brutal, man. Yeah. Tough schedule. Um
1: Titans game will be interesting considering the division rivals. Um and then Dolphins. It depends on how you feel about the Dolphins, whether they can go into Miami and win that one. So um, you just got to win one of those. And like I said, you're going to get to nine wins and at least push. And then maybe if, if he's healthier than expected, you can win both and, and you're on a run later in the season, getting to 10, 11 wins.
0: Okay. So you're on the over here with the Colts too,
1: as well. Yeah, I like the over better than the under, but you really can't play anything without knowing more about, about the health of the key guys there.
0: I'm going to assume as we sort of migrate into another team here. Uh, and yeah, I look, the, I agree the Colts are, don't, don't bet on the Colts right now. You know, the same thing. I mean, yeah, you know, you, need, you wanted to bet on the Titans before their value was peaked up uh, in terms of the division odds, and you don't you don't want to bet on the Colts now when they're bottomed out. The Jaguars, I've suggested that the Jaguars could play the rogue spoiler here in at eight to one to win the division, and I, I get the sense that you think I'm probably crazy for suggesting that.
1: I think you're absolutely crazy. I think the offense can be good if Lawrence is a star right away. That's no guarantee though. we've seen other quarterbacks come in and take a little time when they started rookies. I mean, Joe Burrow was having a fine season statistically before his injury. He was just two, seven and one on on the win, you know, the record books. (laughs) they had a bad team around him. That's why. And there's no question in my mind, the Jaguars have a bad team around Lawrence, particularly on defense. They got just three and a half sacks from Josh Allen and Clay Chase on who's supposed to be, you know, their they're big first round picks and they're supposed to be able to generate pressure. They're not getting sacks. First round pick, Dave Bryan looks like a bus. They brought in Malcolm Brown to replace him. So they spent money on Malcolm Brown, but it's replacing a guy that they already expected to have, you know, locked up in that, that position. C.J. Henderson reportedly on the trade block, they brought in Shaq Griffin and maybe replace him. So you spend money on Shaq Griffin, but it's, that's just replacing a guy that you, again, spend a top 10 pick on and you expect him to be good. So pieces like Brown and Griffin could theoretically boost an improving young defense. Like if you had to put them on Carolina, who I think is an improving defense, we're going to talk about it a little bit, but they're not going to do much for Eddie that was last in the league at 6.3 yards per play allowed last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think that Jaguars defense can be good. I don't I don't know that Trevor Lawrence is going to do enough on offense. That's Putting a huge load on him right well. He better be Patrick Mahomes if he's gonna k- take this team over seven wins. And I think you're asking for o- over six wins to get to seven wins. I think you're asking for a lot. So I love the under here for Jacksonville. Thinking well, and play.
0: even I mean, look, Justin Herbert, I know I mean Justin Herbert last year had the season that a lot of people Ryan Wilson I think has correctly pinned it. Like what Justin Herbert did last year is what you were hoping that Trevor Lawrence can do uh in, in 2021. And Justin Herbert still only won seven games. Now that's part that's not necessarily his fault, partially because Um, you know, we have a, you know, yeah, Anthony Lynn is not, was not a good football coach and they lost a bunch of games at the end, but this is Urban Meyer's first rodeo in the NFL. I mean, I know he's been a head coach many, many, many times uh, and coached many, many games, but he is still adjusting to coaching in the NFL and you would have to think there's gonna be one or two He was moaning about the free agent process instead of being able to recruit guys. I mean, there's going to be some adjustments that he has to make along the way. And while they probably get, two wins against the Texans. I don't know that those are guaranteed because I I do agree with you. I think the defense would be bad. Um, My, my full investment in the Jaguars will probably be at the fantasy level because I think you can, I think this is sort of set up like the Cowboys or the Falcons maybe, or the, or the Bengals, if you will, where Lawrence is gonna be chunking it around. Marvin Jones looks like a nice buy in fantasy. Um, I, I'm I'm a little scared of the under just because it's low with the 17 games. But I, I definitely see your point. Um, it, the, the under is scary with two games against the Texans. That that would be my my concern. Yeah, I think the the one you
1: want to play if you're looking at um uh, making a fun bet on positive situation for the Jags is Trevor Lawrence leading the league in passing yards. Ooh. I think you can find that at like 50 to one, maybe 40 to one. And, um, and that's that that's a case odd. where if that defense is terrible and he has to throw it a ton, if he's good, you know, he might do that if he can stay healthy and play 16 games because they're going to have to throw, throw it a lot. They're going to be down in games a lot. So that might be one to play if you look into that and you can find that prop.
0: Yeah, I see. I see uh, I've located a 40 to one for uh, Trevor Lawrence. Big Ben, 40 to one. Lamar Jackson, 50 to one. I mean, yeah, that's a he could be throwing the ball a ton. Out there next year, and I don't think that Urban Meyer will be afraid to utilize, especially with the way that you know they're going to be using Travis Etienne out as, as almost like the Percy Harvin role. It seems reasonable that you know even some of the they'll have some runs, you know, running plays that are actually little quick passes that get him the ball there. And Yeah, that's a uh, that's a good call on uh, on Trevor Lawrence there. So make sure and get that bet in if you're if you're on the Lawrence hype wagon like I am, uh, and like really everybody is because you know friggin. Trevor Lawrence is awesome. The Houston Texans over under, I believe, four and a half. They are arguably the worst team in football, RJ. Yeah, if
1: you can find four and a half, you know, I think take that under. I've seen four now, and that's probably a stay away at four for me. That number's just so low three wins or less and getting two games against the Jaguars. I mean, who knows uh, if you can win both of those just because who knows how good the Jaguars are. Deshaun Watson played great last year. He completed 70% of his passes for 4,800 yards, 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions still went four and 12 because the defense was unable to make big plays. He had just three picks all year. I mean, you might expect some aggression to the mean from defense and, you know, get some turnovers and that would make them positive. Um, and that would have a chance to go over or be a solid team, seven, eight wins if Deshaun Watson was playing, but but we know that's not going to be the case. So Tyrod shown the ability to win games, but the team isn't good around him. It's like Jacksonville. Um, You know, they just nobody around him. So once Houston's out of the race, do they really want to go and see what they have in Davis mills? And if he's starting games at the end of the year, you're just going to lose the rest of your games, I think. So um, under under would be the play for me here, but at four, I don't think you can do it. I think it's just to stay away.
0: The uh, Texans, by the way, 25 to one to go. uh, Oh, and 17. Any value there? Probably not.
1: No, don't, don't, don't play those type of bets. That's, I mean, if you want to and have a little fun and root for it, maybe it's something small, but I don't think there's any value. in it.
0: Yeah. I would, uh, I would tend to agree with that as well. I mean, look, th- honestly the Texans, I, I mean, I think they're probably worse than the lions. They just Tyrod Taylor gives them a little bit of a floor and Brandon cooks. They have, this. they invested in David Johnson and Mark. Uh, it's, it's, it is, it's just weird to see what they're doing. And I, I they don't I don't they don't feel like a team that's just trying to re like completely reboot or anything I don't really understand it completely.
1: I think you uh, you lose all your games here and get the first pick and hope you find a quarterback next year. Considering how the Watson situation it went from having a franchise quarterback a year ago to to now they're needing to reboot the position, but traded away their first round pick,
0: so they couldn't really do anything this year. Yeah, that's true. All right, let's take a quick break when we come back to the NFC South.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
0: The Tampa Bay Buccaneers headlined the division here in, uh, in, in the NFC South. They returned all 22 starters from their Super Bowl winning team. That actually was a wild card last year. People tend to forget that. They did win 11 games. Uh, is there any scenario where you are fading the Buccaneers?
1: No, 12, 12 is their number. It's a big number. I probably wouldn't play it unless I could get to 11 and a half. And I know those were out there earlier in the off season. So um, over 11 and a half is probably good, but I, I can't, I can't, you know, say go with the under now that it's 12. You know, I love the continuity on the roster um, schedule looks great. Matchups against NFC East and AFC East uh, that AFC East, they get the home uh, Buffalo and Miami. So, so those favor them because they'll be the home team. And then, you know, Brady can win in new England. So that, that they're going to new England. there. Um, so division also likely taking a step back with breeze gone, you know, the saints win totals down at to nine, so they could run away with the division. Um, only thing you have to really worry about with this team, I think is health as even a couple missed games from key guys makes it hard to go over such a big number. Cause there's such a, a small margin for error there. But if, you know, they disaster doesn't strike, they don't suffer like an Eagles level injury, you know, run or Cowboys level injury run from last year. Um, I think they'll get to this at least 12.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I'm with you. 11 and a half is fine bet 11 and a half the problem with 12 is that you just you know 12 and 5 would be a a pretty good season and probably win the division potentially win the division certainly get you in the playoffs and you know that we the the wild cards here are Sam Darnold and Jameis Winston really for when you're thinking about the Buccaneers too I don't think those two guys are going to take down Tom Brady completely Uh, but I mean they do have yeah, you, know, you get the Cowboys in week one. You go into the Rams. I mean, there, there's some there's some tough games on the schedule, even though I agree that the, the East matchups certainly helped them uh get there. I would I would take the over here if I was doing anything. The bet I've been making, and I've been saying this for several weeks now, and I'm gonna keep pounding the table for it. The pun intended NFC South pun intended. The bet the Buccaneers to win the division. Anything less than 250. I mean, probably now if you get if it's up at 250, that's probably too expensive. But minus 200 for the Bucks to win the division is just a good value, right? Yeah, if you could
1: find that, um, you know, I'm seeing um, minus three seventy five right now. So what? I, have, I, I think- have
0: I have I have I personally set this skyrocketing into a. Uh-
1: I think everybody's kind of seeing what you're seeing. It's like they are three wins higher than the next, you know, closest team in the win total. So nobody really expects anybody but the Bucs to win the division. I think the, another problem with going with the overs, you look at the end of season, if they're not in play for the number one seed, and we know only one team gets a buy, yep. um, and they're comfortably ahead in the division as, uh, you know, the win totals expect them to be. Are they resting players, guys in week 17, week 18? Um, then you get an, an extra loss on your ledger. That's But that's such a small margin for error. Can you really... You go from winning 13 games to 12 games, and you push, or you go from 12 to 11, and still win the division easily. But now you've lost your bet. So there's just a little bit too much thing can go wrong there to play over for me.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. The um, where I didn't see the actual, I uh, Caesar's only had the uh, second place division odds up right now, which is you know, you're not, you you're, the Saints are obviously huge favorites. Uh, do you, where did you see 375 just somewhere, just a, another site?
1: Um, I saw it. I think before this is. I I have my spreadsheet that I keep these odds current, and so I did this probably a week ago. I saw it there at uh, at at Caesars. All
0: right, I'm seeing minus two seventy eight on my local and elsewhere. So that at that point, it's probably gotten too far out for to make it worth betting. I was I was suggesting doing it minus two hundred. If you can find anything under two fifty, I still like it. I think they're just by far and away the best team in this division. The next best team. Probably the uh, New Orleans Saints and they come with the big caveat of who will the quarterback be Pete Prisco who spent time down in New Orleans seems pretty adamant that it's going to be Jameis Winston do you do you agree and do you have any thoughts on the Saints win total at nine.
1: Yeah, I think Jameis played better in the, I know the stats were, were similar in the first preseason game, but it looked like Jameis played better to me. I think Jameis uh, being the primary quarterback opens up the offense a little more to go downfield. Sure. Um, it, it doesn't limit what you can do as a passer. Uh, you know, I think if Taysom's in there, you're pr- pretty much playing the run a lot in the short field a lot. So I think if you can game plan down to go down the field more frequently with Jameis, that fits, fits Marquez skill set. you know, if he's going to play more, which we expect. Um, and yeah, Breeze is gone. His absence didn't slow the Saints down in the last couple of years. They went eight and one with backup quarterbacks. Uh, and I think defending deeper down the field is going to open things up more over the middle as well. So that you can get Kamara, more work, trauma more work, I mean, anything you can do to get the ball in Kamara's hand with space is going to be great. So they have an excellent offensive line. As we know, they had an excellent defense last year, lost a few pieces, um, but players like cam Jordan Demario Davis, Lattimore that keeps their floor high. So they're not, they're not going to fall apart on defense. So um, I think you're really betting on Sean Payton here. Sean Payton is as yeah. much of an offensive genius as he's credited as being as people have, have, have attributed to him for, for so long, he should be able to get to 10 wins with this roster, with this, great offensive line, great defense and, uh, and, you know, some playmakers like Kamara and Jameis Winston isn't, isn't a schlub. You know, it's not like he was, he he was a terrible quarterback at at Tampa. He was putting up stats. They just didn't. He's a a,
0: Heisman Heisman Trophy winner, national champion, former number one overall pick. We led the league in passing one year.
1: Yeah. So I like the over here. I would, I think nine is, is a, is a base floor for them to push, you know, if you can get nine and then I think you're getting plus money on the over anyway. So people are expecting them to finish with a losing record. And I just don't see that um, because Jameis, I think can play well, and they'll mix in enough taste and pill to make it interesting. But I think it's James's team.
0: Um, two thoughts, one or two questions, I guess. One, I'm, I, I found somewhere the Saints are plus seven twenty five to win the division. Now, I, I mean, I know I'm slamming the Slam of the table for the Bucks, but man, seven over seven to one for the Saints to win the division they won last year. That is, uh that's that's at least kind of intriguing. At like three to one, I don't have any real interest, but seven to one, I'm I'm definitely, I'm it, my interest is peaked because I think I've got good value on both of those. Um I'm curious, if you think about that, and also how does where where's Kamara slotting for you fantasy wise in terms of the running backs at the top of the board.
1: I would take seven to one for sure to win the division. I think, you know, just it just takes a, a few injuries from the Bucks or a little Super Bowl hangover. And and yeah, if Sean Payton's a good coach and we think he is, he should be able to win with this team, like I said. So you could really see them battling to, all the way down to the end of the wire and Saints coming out on top. I give that more than a, a 14% chance of happening or whatever it is, 12% chance of happening. Right. Um Kamara, I'd like as third um behind behind, uh, McCaffrey and, and cook, um, just cause I would rather have him than, than Henry. I just, there's so much wear and tear on Henry. I know he's been invulnerable to this and, uh, and we don't, you know, he's going to get 300 plus touches every year and you're never going to, going to see him fall apart. I just, I don't buy that really that much. I'd rather have Kamara and the thing the, the, with the thinking that he's going to be a primary part of the offense. He's going to be uh, a little bit more um, uh, used in the passing game than Derrick Henry is, obviously. And maybe the Titans pass more now. That they have Julio Jones in, in tow. So I think Henry's probably even as good as he was last year. You know, you just without. I that mean, last passing. year
0: was this. Last year was Derrick Henry's ceiling, and he still finished below Kamara and Dalvin Cook in fantasy points per game.
1: Right. It's because it's just the passing work isn't there and you don't expect it to be there. So he's going to get you those huge games. If they happen to come in your fantasy playoffs, you're going to love having him. I just think week to week, you're, you're going to feel better with Kamara on your team.
0: So I, and the reason I asked about Kamara is I was having this I was having this um, debate with somebody about whether or it was sort of like a group chat. It was like, what do we think Kamara's usage is going to be? Because if Taysom Hill is a quarterback, I got serious concerns. If Jameis is the quarterback, I think that, you know, he could, with Michael Thomas missing time, I mean, he could see like 20 plus percent of the Saints passing work.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Because you know, you're not going to rely too much on Callaway and Trey Kloetz-Smith if he's healthy you know, he's dealing with his own injuries. So who do you pass to? I mean, Trotman looks like a nice little breakout at the tight end position, but Kamara should see a ton of work on on the early going. And it'll be up to uh, Sean Payton to come up with some, some ways to get him open and in space.
0: Okay. Uh yeah. So that's Kamara actually maybe even a nice little value buy in, in fantasy because people are people were kind of scared of Kamara relative to you know the other big running backs because of the different stuff that's been happening with the Saints and Michael Thomas. It does feel a little dysfunctional around there, but maybe we're sl- maybe, Yeah, I you you are not sleeping on the Saints. Maybe I am sleeping on the Saints. I still think the Bucks are the best team, though. Not like that's a hot take. The Falcons over under seven and a half, the over minus one. Thirty? Do you buy into the idea that Arthur Smith can get Kyle Pitts, Matt Ryan, and uh, and Calvin Ridley going enough to win eight games? I think that Arthur Smith could be a good coach long term.
1: I just don't believe it this year is going to happen right away. You know, Pythagorean win said they should have been an eight win team over a seventeen game pace last year, rather than the four point three win team over that pace that they were. You know, they were a four win team, and then you pace it out to seventeen games because that's what I'm really concerned with going forward. Um, but that you know Pythagorean win totals tied to a forty-three to six win over the Raiders. They recovered four fumbles and returned a pick sixty yards for a touchdown. That's not repeatable things. The defense was bad. Otherwise, uh, overall they had six point two yards per play allowed. That's point one off the worst mark in the league. Now they're changing schemes. They didn't bring in really any impact players to help. So it's going to be you know Grady Jarrett and then good luck with everyone else. Um, so I <laughs> expect that defense to be bad again. I don't know how much we can expect from the run game with Mike Davis leading the charge. The offense comes down to whether whether Ridley or Pitts can get open consistently, and if that's all teams have to worry about, and they're scoring points at will the other way, I don't to see how you get to eight wins. So I like the under here. I think a lot has to go right to get eight wins.
0: Yeah, and I mean I'm buying in on Kyle Pitts and Calvin Ridley in fantasy. I'm not I'm not really enthralled with Matt Ryan. I'm more than happy to take him in like best ball as a as a second option, uh, just because he will have those ce- you know, or if you're stacking, he will have some ceiling weeks, uh, but. It, it it just feels like this team is going to have to outscore everybody and arthur smith well i, I- is a good coach is also a first-year coach i mean that's not going to make life easy and you've got to play the saints and the bucks twice I mean, that's probably four losses maybe you can get get one and three or i think two and two there would be a miracle given how you know the rosters for those other two teams and it just doesn't seem like they're going to be able to stop anybody i also expect carolina to be a little bit more friskier than they were last year so tough division run i I'm, i'm with you on the under here on the falcons i wanted to be on the over I just can't get there after they traded Julio Jones leading up to the season. I know he, I know he requested a trade and all that, but it's, it feels like you're waving the white flag a little bit when you deal Julio. Yeah. So it, it, and we think big high things of Pitts, but he is a rookie
1: tight end. There's not a history of them coming in and being amazing right away. And then, so if he's not, you know, the, the next second coming of, of, um, you know, uh, one of the top tight ends in the league, Travis Kelsey or somebody like that, then uh, you're, you're Calvin Ridley or bust, you know, and that offense isn't going to look very good.
0: Yeah. And, the other thing, too, is, you know, Arthur Smith's coming from Tennessee, where, as we mentioned, you know, they have, uh, you know, Derrick Henry. He's pretty good, right? They run the ball really well. All they have is Mike Davis in this in this Falcons offense. I don't really understand how the offense is going to. That, um, I have a few concerns about how the offense will look without that sort of run game, without a mobile quarterback and Ryan Tannehill to sort of get everything going. I, it, you know, you had the weapons there Ridley and, and Pitts and, and Matt Ryan, but it just it feels like they're sort of missing a little bit of the juice that they had in Tennessee with the obvious personnel differences. Yeah. And Pitt,
1: I think this is going to be a long term. I really wish they would have traded down and had some defensive fault because they really need to shore up that defense. And and I think that's going to be
0: ugly this year. Yep. I agree with you there. All right. Finally, in the NFC South, the our lowest ranked, the lowest ranked team by Vegas wins. The Panthers, seven and a half, is their over under after acquiring Sam Darnold this offseason. I don't really think I've seen a whole lot of positive press about Darnold coming out of Carolina. It feels like the Panthers should be a little nervous about this season.
1: Yeah, I would lean to the under. Um, it's only a lean. I think, think there's enough talent on defense that could come together quickly, uh, even though they've been bad in the last couple of years defensively. Um, you you had J.C. Horn to what they've had the last few years. Um, Brian Burns looks like a stud and, and you know, Jeremy Chen look like a good find. Those type of guys, I think they could actually be pretty solid on defense. And if that happens, You know, they might be a solid team. The pass defense actually ranked 12th in that yard per per attempt allowed. Run D was bad last year. Couldn't get stops on third downs, um, you know, overall. So you fix some of those and maybe you have a shot. I think a healthy McCaffrey, possibly a quarterback upgrade with Darnold. We'll see. Um, that would make the offense pretty interesting if the offensive line doesn't sink them out of the gate. I think they have some question marks all all up and down that offensive line, so that could be an issue for them. The schedule starts out pretty favorably, you know. So if they can get on a roll, maybe they can surprise in tougher matchups. It'll, we think they're a better team than they are. Ultimately, I think they fall just short and can land like around seven. But it's a stay away for me because seven and a half seems like the right number.
0: Yeah, I think that's a pretty sharp number. And it's interesting if you go back and look at Matt Rule's time in in college. So he's at Temple first and then Baylor. Both those spots. You know his team wins one, two, three games, whatever it was, very few games the first year. Second year, they win six or seven games. They're about a 500 team. And then that third year is when they took the leap and, and won 10 games, 11 games, I think actually 10 and three for both those teams. I'm not suggesting that the Panthers in 2022 will win 10, 11, 12 games. I just think that's sort of how Matt Rule goes about building his programs. And I don't think, and I don't think it's necessarily a one-to-one correlation with the NFL and college, but I do think, if you look at how they approach with the defense, they clearly year one, go all in on the defense, get all these young players. And as you point out, you know, that's a group that could either this year or next year, potentially take a leap forward. They're just going to solve the quarterback position. And they're trying out uh, one option with Darnold after striking out with Matt Stafford and Deshaun Watson, you know, dealing with his stuff. I I still think they're a a sleeper to trade for Watson. We'll see how that all plays out. But um, if, you know, if that defense comes together, and Sam Darnold's average, then I think this is a team that can flirt with the playoffs. But I, I tend to agree with you that I would lean, I, I would expect six or seven wins is more likely than eight or nine wins. And But I wouldn't want, those coin flips are a little too close for me. Now, if they would have drafted Justin Fields at, at eight instead of JC
1: Horn, um, what do you think with that schedule starting out pretty favorably and then they transition to fields at some point, you know, I think at that point maybe you're liking the over a little more. Maybe you think eight wins and nine wins because it seems like fields has some buzz. So that would be interesting that they would have, they would have solved the quarterback situation at that point, considering how people feel about fields, but they obviously didn't think so. They, they, they did what they did. They're ready to wait um, on a quarterback and look at it in you know, a year or two down the line.
0: It is crazy that like in hindsight that they didn't draft Justin Fields there. And, and I, I had, I'd mocked him taking JC Horn and, or actually, excuse me, I watched him taking Patrick Sertan, but you know, same, same, you know, six or half dozen. The op with Fields sitting there for them at eight. I mean, he Fields was a really highly rated prospect. I, I get it. If they didn't like him, they didn't like him. That's fine. It is just shocking that they didn't take that opportunity to snag it, though. Yeah. Because we were not confident in Darnold. I think they
1: might have a little more confidence than we did in Darnold. In, in, in,
0: I feel like I'm pretty in high on even. Darnold relative to most people, and I'm not confident at all. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to, you know, put my, I'm trying not to hang myself out to dry by being the Darnold guy here.
1: And you said, um, you know, you don't really see that much positive coming out about Darnold from from Carolina camp um, and reporting and stuff. So I wonder if they could do that move over, be knowing what they know now in August, whether they would still do that. You know, I'm sure they would say yes. Obviously, you never want to second guess yourself, especially this this soon after. But, um, you know, they probably thought a little more highly of Darnold in April than they did do now, I would think.
0: I, and I also would think that in, when they traded for Darnold, that they did not think they would have an opportunity to get a quarterback at eight or they, you know, cause at, at that point, the 49ers had already traded up to three. And so they knew that there were going to be at least two quarterbacks off the board there. Um, oh no, three quarterbacks off the board there. Cause you got Wil, Wil, Lawrence Wilson and then whoever the 49ers were taking. And I, 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 don't, I don't know who they assumed the 49ers were taking, but clearly they didn't believe that. Either Fields or Mac Jones or Trey Lance, whoever was going to fall down the board was going to be better than Darnold because they went out and made the move for Darnold anyway. Um, we'll see how it works out. I I believe in the Gase, the the non Gase bounce back the dead cat bounce off off Adam Gase, but I mean that's sort of a flimsy proposition to suggest that uh, that, the, uh, that the that the that the that the Panthers will magically figure everything out or say Darnold will magically figure everything out. So I I'm with you. I wouldn't want to take the over, but I am cautiously optimistic on Darnold being good this year.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's in a good spot. I mean, Joe Brady should – everybody thinks highly of him offensively. So, if Darnold is going to figure it out, this seems to be like the spot to do it.
0: Yeah, and I do sort of wonder, too, you know, Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater was just so slow and methodical last year for Carolina's offense. It was really surprising. And then, you know, he goes on the all-things-covered pod with BMAC and, like, says they never practiced a two-minute drill. So, I, I want to know, was this a Teddy Teddy Bridgewater thing? Was this a COVID off-season thing? Was – you know, or was this a uh, – you know, was this a situation where – you know, is, is it a joe brady thing that's my concern i want to make sure it's not if it's a joe brady thing that's a huge red flag right yeah um all right that's it for the nfc south and the afc south podcast follow rj white at rj white one on twitter managing editor for Sportsline and cbs fantasy properties and uh anything you want to plug yeah we have the
1: Sportsline pro football uh, season preview coming out um it's a download. It's a a PDF that you'll be able to get in your email box. It will send to you. It has the model projections, uh, you know, over under every win total. It simulates the season, 10,000 times. So it gives you a projected number of wins. So you can take that to your book and kind of see where the value is on the best teams you like. You also have picks on each team from me and Larry Hartstein. Um, You know, so you're getting three picks model me and Larry on, on everything. You also get the simulation What the simulation says about odds to win the division conference, Super Bowl, those type of things. So a lot of good data in there. Um, you know, a lot of Pythagorean win project and win total from last year um, paced out to 17 games. So get all that, that that stuff in one place and you can see all those projections. Uh, just keep an eye out on CBS Sports. We'll have the, uh, and my Twitter feed and I'll obviously be linking to it and you'll be able to sign up and get all that in your inbox.
0: All right, make sure and get that. It is, uh, if, if Larry and RJ are giving out win total picks, you want to be involved. Those are going to be uh, quality They're going to be of a high quality. uh, Very, uh, very good stuff. So appreciate it.